Dr. Izzy Justice here. Welcome to the podcast, Chasing 10 Hertz. What is 10 Hertz? 10 Hertz is a frequency in the brain. The brain has electricity. We can measure it in a very similar way that you can see on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. You're looking at a live EEG reading of my brain. We have asked people, as many other scientists have, when you are performing at your best, when you're in that zone state, in that flow state, in that high-performing state, what is it that you're thinking, feeling, doing? The answers, irrespective of any human endeavor, seem to be the same. I was calm. I was focused. Things felt slow. I was at peace. I was relaxed. I was confident. We have found a correlation between these attributes of when we are performing at our best, the best version of ourselves, and the frequency 10 hertz. In this podcast, we are going to explore videos of people who have done amazing things and look for those attributes, as well as have guests, average people, ordinary people, amazing people, and explore this concept of chasing 10 Dr. Izzy Justice over here. I am so excited with this first podcast. Thank you for joining me, where we explore the cognitive attributes of any human being performing at their best. My guest today is a YouTube clip of arguably, arguably the best athlete of all time. Why do we think he might be one of the best athletes of all times? Well, his record speaks for itself. He has 28 medals, 23 of which are gold medals. He also holds the record, in addition to those other two, of having the most gold medals in any one Olympics, which is eight. So this clip that I'm going to share with you is about three minutes and 45 seconds long. Many of you might have seen it before. Many of you might have seen other motivational tips or interviews from great athletes or great people uh, but this time, as he's talking about the things that he's talking about, he's going to talk about practice and belief and pressure uh, and vulnerability and those kinds of things. Try to see if you can have your keen ear to cognitive labels that he's using. What is he saying where he's actually talking about his brain and what his brain needs to do or how his brain needs to be nurtured so that he can perform at his best? So take a listen, and at the back end of this, I'll come back and share with you my perspective on these cognitive attributes of performing at a very high level. It was absolutely crazy, and nobody could ever do something like that. But for me, I was somebody who believed in it and somebody who believed in the process of getting there. I knew it wasn't going to happen overnight, like I said before. But every little small thing that we did was a small stepping stone in order to, in order to be, even be able to have that chance and that opportunity to to do what I did in 2008. So it was 2014, Sports Illustrated cover story with Tim Layden. And we're having an interview here in, in Phoenix. And whatever, whatever question he asked me just opened me up, dropped my shoulders, and I just let it all out. Um, I was just ready to. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for me, when I checked myself in to, to get treatment and to get help, I knew that that's what I needed and, and I was at the end of the road and I, I had to get help. I was at a scary place in time um, and for a long time I didn't know how to ask for help. I think once I asked help for the first time, everything became easy. So 
that question when he asked me whatever it was it just opened me up and i felt comfortable to share everything that i'd been through um because it was almost like i i i said to myself i don't care what people think this is me yeah. and this is my journey and it makes me who i am so you know the only way for me to learn and grow and and to get over certain things that i've gone through is to communicate and to talk about it and and look i'm not perfect right like nobody's perfect and and i struggled a lot through my life my first depression swell was in 2004 um and i went up and down roller coasters all throughout life i think it's vulnerability i think vulnerability is a scary word for a lot of people it's a scary word for me you know, i remember when i checked into a treatment center i was shaking when i went in there cuz I, i didn't know what i'm getting myself into but i wanted help i didn't like feeling the way that i did every day is a new challenge right every day is a challenge is 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 uh, a day that we can prepare ourselves even more so for us it was we would call it putting money into the bank so at the end of the year when we had a major international competition we could withdraw that money that we had saved throughout the year and look i'll be the first one to tell you there were a lot of days where i did not want to get out of bed and i guarantee you if i ask the question here if everybody is excited to get out of bed every single day if i saw a hand i'm going to blatantly call you a liar because <laughs> we all know that is far from the truth but if you have those little small goals those little small things that get you excited when you don't want to it's going to make it even better and even easier at the end when you're getting ready for a presentation or the end of the year or this or that whatever event you're leading up to it's going to make it so much easier and i think If you look at the greats in anything that uh in any walk of life the greats do things when they don't always want to and that's the separation for me that's what i've found so you know when i say from 2002 to 2008 was basically trial and error so for me in 2002 that's really when i started amping up my uh event schedule where i was swimming four to five individual events and having a couple relays at Pampax World Championships um major international competitions throughout those that that time frame because at that time at the Olympic Games that's a tough I mean that's where I think the real truth comes out because I think there are a lot of people who are very talented who can make it there there are very few people who can deal with the pressure and the stress that happens when we're there All right So I hope that you enjoyed that clip. It was only a little over 3 minutes long, but it was just packed with so many powerful cognitive nuggets of wisdom. So let's start off with what he said at the very beginning. He said the very beginning that half the people in the sporting world did not believe that he could go for the world record. So let's talk about this thing called belief, right? a lot of athletes use this term a lot of coaches use this term we think we know what it means but let's just think about it belief uh is very similar to confidence those two words pretty much are used interchangeably and they mean roughly the same thing but what exactly from a cognitive perspective is belief or confidence what's going on in the brain that allows you to have that that sensation so that it's not this abstract term and I'd like to share with you my perspective on on basically what that is the first perhaps is to understand that belief or confidence are not real things per se in the way that perhaps a liver or a kidney or a tendon or a muscle are those are real things there are glands in our body there is a nervous system in our body there are hormones and, and chemicals in our body there's muscle 
there's all kinds of you know actual um, uh, physical dimensions to our physiology. So when we use terms like belief or confidence, what is he really saying? What he's really saying from a cognitive perspective is that all of the things that he has done, both in terms of practice, you remember towards the end, he talked about making bank deposits. Well, those are memories. When those memories, by the way, they're always in the brain. All of us practice, all of us have done something similar to what we want to do when it really matters. We've put in the time and the effort for the most part to prepare. But of what, of what value is that preparation if at the moment that you need that memory, you need to remember what you did when you were practicing, you need to remember that conversation you had with your coach or, or your teammate or with your boss or with your peer or with your customer. That moment when that relevant memory needs to surface to your conscious brain, if that happens, then that is belief. So belief is equal part, I've done the work, I've built the memories, I've done the practice, but it is also your ability to retrieve that memory in the moment that it matters. So in that context, in my view, practicing and having these memories is probably somewhere around 25% of the magic of what belief is. The other 25% might be, all right, at the time when I have made that deposit, so the deposit could be anything. It could be a book that you read, a training that you went to, an amazing practice that you had, an aha moment from a previous competition, right? All of those are memories that exist in one and only one place, and that's your brain. They're there already. You have to access them. So the second 25% uh, might be, how do I store those memories in my brain once they've happened so that at the moment that I need them, I can retrieve them, right? So there is an act that is very necessary in the world that we live in today. We live in a world today where our brains are distracted anywhere from three to 10 times every single second. That is a high rate of distraction. Our ability to process stimuli, we're just consuming way too much stimuli, that the one stimuli that we do want to store is in competition with all the other noise and the chaos that we as human beings have to process by virtue of, of being humans, not by virtue of being flawed. We wake up in the morning, we start consuming cognitively, we start feeding the brain on our phones, on our laptops, on TVs, on experiences. We start feeding the brain. And then maybe from 10 to 12, you had this amazing practice. Well, after 12, you start feeding the brain other stuff that your brain needs to be a normal human being. So now when you come to the end of the day, your brain has to choose. Which of these memories am I going to store? And so if you leave that task of storing that memory to your brain, guess what? It'll go to, his, to its factory setting where it'll pick the worst experiences of the day and store that memory instead of that amazing practice session that you had between 10 and 12. So one of the things that I teach athletes and, 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 and when I coach uh, high performers at, at any level is that last 30 minutes to an hour before you go to bed is a critical time. That's when you can shut down all of the stimuli or as many stimuli that your brain has to consume and say, okay, let me inventory my day. What were the things that happened in my day? 
and let me prioritize the things that I actually want my brain to store. Let me spend a few minutes and relive that practice. So one of the ways of doing that, there are many ways of doing that is, and my personal favorite, is to do a selfie video at the time that you have that aha moment, at the end of your practice. I love selfie videos because it's organic, something is happening in the background, it's your voice, you are moving, and you're relaying something usually within seconds of after it has happened. Some people write to write, write things down, perhaps on a notebook. Either one of those work very well. But replay that and try to tell your brain, like literally talk to yourself and say, this is what happened during my practice. This is what I want to store in my brain. So now you've combined not just the, the, the amazing deposit as, or, or, or the practice session that you had or something that you read or any preparation work that you did for a major event in your life, but you've then said the night before you go to bed of that same day, this is what I want your brain, uh, this is what I want my brain to kind of store. Then the next morning you can wake up again and again, you can go through that same video again. So this is imprinting. This is you laying and making sure that your brain is laying down these, these surfaces, these neuropathways in the brain, so that really the other 50% is, okay, at the moment that I eventually need it, maybe a month later when the real event is, whatever that, that event might be, or two days later, or this coming weekend, at that point, I need to remember that. So in the morning of that event, whether it's a presentation that you have at work or one of the things that I find people who work uh, find very stressful is giving other people feedback, whether it's a performance review uh, or getting feedback or for athletes, maybe it's a competition date. But that morning is a very good morning to inventory all of the selfie videos that you took from that week or the two weeks or however long it was to remind yourself. Once you've done that, then in the middle of competition, when something happens and your brain is able to retrieve that memory, well, that's the launch of belief. Now you're remembering what you've already done and you're bringing it to bear at the moment that it really matters. At the very end, he talked about pressure. Do you remember that? He talked specifically that the difference is, can you handle the pressure? Now, again, that's a cliche from my perspective. But think about what, what pressure is. Pressure is there's a lot of noise in your head. There's so many consequences, and those consequences are about to be imminent, and your brain knows that. Time seems to be going much, much faster. In all of that noise in your brain, can your brain recall what it has already done? And if your brain can do that, that is, in effect, is managing pressure. So pressure perhaps might not be a conscious thing, but it might be a subconscious thing. But you enhance the probability that your subconscious will remember what to do and therefore clear the fog and, and, and all of the traffic and the noise of the present moment and say, oh, I've done this before. This is how I did it. This is what my coach said. This is what I read. This is something I am fully capable of doing. That's belief. That's confidence. And that ultimately is what helps you manage pressure. So I hope that you really enjoyed this first podcast. I would welcome all of your feedback. But essentially what we're trying to do is have guests either through YouTube or live and process it from a cognitive perspective and give you some tips so that you can be the best version of yourself 
really when it matters the most.